You are now listening to the Conversationalist Podcast. Well, hello, and thank you for listening to the Conversationalist Podcast. This is episode 44, uh, first podcast for 2017. Um, I'm Jesse, and I'm here with Amanda. Hi. Uh, we produ- I think the last time we recorded a podcast, episode 43, I think we posted on like December 4th, and then pretty much after that we entered like a holidays vortex, where like, I think we were just, there was a lull where we were either too busy, and then when we finally had time to record something, we didn't. <laughs> so, yeah, now, uh, month. yeah, so now we find ourselves here, beginning of the year, finally have time to record episode 44. Um, so there's been a bunch of stuff that's happened over the course of a month, obviously. Um, we can't condense all of that into one show. Um, pretty much the only way to do that would be to do back to back shows, which, uh, I think we're just going to do just the one right now. Um, (laughs) yeah, yay. Woo. Yeah. One show. So, um, what we'll end up doing is we'll end up talking about four or five things that kind of like tickled our fancy or maybe mine just because I'm the one that chose these shits. And, uh, don't act like I never contributed. No, you contributed. You definitely, she checked them out. I like round them by her. I'm like, Hey, look, these seem cool. And she was like, yeah, like they're tight and stuff. And then I, I was like, like that. Like Lumpy Space Princess? I'm not Lumpy Space Princess. I know. Well, Even she, though she is my favorite. Well, she was just like, well, that's tight. And I was like, well, then it's tight then. So we're going to do these ones, and that's what we're doing. So um, for our first topic, um, we are going to talk a little bit about, um, I mean, I guess science fiction. Um, we normally don't talk about that. I mean, when we go, or when we went to Silicon Valley Comic Con last year, that was kind of a focus on, like, the nerdy aspects of like fandom and conventions with like comics and cards and collectibles and that kind of thing but then they also were like emphasizing like the science aspects of those things that we love like star wars star trek i mean obviously how vr is taking like the next steps in like how we view our games how we view our movies and how technology is kind of catching up to the things that used to be fantasy they're now becoming reality so, um, with that said, I mean, I guess from a science aspect, I was kind of, um, looking at this, uh, thing from, uh, IFL science, which is basically, I fucking love science, um, but it's IFL science. And so, um, this was actually kind of a, I don't know, an article where they're, um, talking about, um, Stephen Hawking and like some of his theory on like what the human race should do if we were to find et or extraterrestrials in space at some point um and what if anything we should do whether or not we should try to make contact with them or whether or not we should basically just like bury our heads in the sand or you know basically just spy like as best we can and basically just observe um And so, in the text of the article, uh, it basically indicates that, like, we've already, like, beamed all kinds of stuff out into the planet, you know, like, different songs, like, uh, television shows and things like that that are very wholesome and can't be confused for, like, anything else. I mean, it... Like they did in Pixels? 
Well, right. Well, you know, like, yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> you know, like, we're thinking, okay, this is safe. Like, we can go and shoot this out there, and there's no way that it's going to seem like we're aggressive or anything. Like, this is kind of like the best of um, people, per se. And so, pew, send that on out there, and then hopefully they come across it, and they're like, all right, we don't want to kill the humans because these motherfuckers are just chill. If they're screaming out, I love Lucy, though, that show, <laughs> she got annoying. What if they're like, oh... Yeah, like the voice Her. and shit. Yeah. Dr. Pepper incoming. Oh, yeah. They don't pay that. I just love it. Uh-huh. Duff man. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, I mean, you're like, okay, yeah, it's totally safe. I'm going to send this shit out there. Um, you know, aliens see it. They're totally cool with us or whatever. But on one end, you know, like, some people think that, all right, well, our planet is like one of is basically a younger planet. Other planets that have a similar, um, like I guess, composition to ours are significantly older. Um, ours is at least two billion years younger than most comparable planets like ours. So, if there were a planet like ours that did harbor life, you could assume that that planet or alien race would have possibly, um, I guess, evolved two billion years longer than us, assuming that they kind of, I don't know, continue down a path of evolution at a rate similar to ours. I mean, obviously they could have gone slower or faster or they could have, you know, kind of matched our speed, but assuming they're two billion years ahead of us, I mean, they're basically like fucking magicians, you know. I mean, think like about what we aliens and Rick and Morty and his car battery. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How they got smart and then tricked the other people into doing what he was doing to them. Well, that's like a whole other level of shit, though. Like, I mean, I'm talking about just like assuming that this is like a big, huge, vast universe, and that we're not like we're not a fucking earth that's powering somebody's car battery or that like we're not you know like in a universe the size of uh you know like inside of a piece of lint in like an alien person's couch somewhere or some shit like you know like men in black like at the end where he, they get this galaxy back and it's like a bunch of fucking galaxies it's in a marble you know you yeah, find out the cat's collar yeah like right? how insignificant we all are um but you know, I mean, assuming that's not the case, and we're just talking about, like, yeah, Earth is vast, or, you know, the space is vast, and we're all normal size, and we're not, that's not, nothing crazy like that's happening. Wasn't he the one that had the time limit for Earth anyways? So he'd probably be like, yeah, go ahead and talk to those aliens, so we can all die. Well, I think his thing was just kind of like, you know, we're kind of on a path of destruction where, you know, I think, like, if Earth doesn't come together as, like, a human race, like, working as one to kind of just further the race in general for, like, colonization of planets, technological advancements, you know, forget borders with, like, you know, different nations and all of this kind of thing, but, like, have a world space agency, almost like Star Trek, where Star Trek, you know, all these different races are, like, working together to for one goal, as opposed to every nation's self-interest and every race's self-interest and religion injecting itself into everything and kind of causing all of these internal problems that we have where, you know, we've only had peace for like a couple of days at a time without there being some sort of conflict, whether it's a war or a battle or, 
a genocide. I mean, you name it. And so I think, you know, the, the theory is, is that, okay, they get our message. Are they basically going to see us as like the equivalent of the Indians? Like think about like when Spanish conquistadors came over or, you know, whoever discovered America, you know, they were far more advanced, you know, their, their weapons were superior. They had boats, like they were almost considered to be, they're basically considered to be gods. You know, their armor was super shiny and these Indians were basically just rolled. And so the question is, yeah, you you know, (laughs) yeah. So the question is, is like, do the aliens show up on that level and basically see us as like just this insignificant being that's just, you know, they're not going to think twice about just wiping us out, you know, like we see in every other movie or, is it going to be something where, um, you know, maybe they don't, you know, in, in which case, like, where do you go from there? You know, kind of like, uh, remember that, remember that 80 show alien nation? No. Okay. Well, that's probably dating myself a little bit, but like alien nation, I mean, it speaks for itself. Like the aliens come <laughs> to a fucking planet and like, we basically like coexist and shit and like yeah, aliens basically live among us. Yeah. Something like that. Except Alpha was kind of hidden from everything. And alienation, like, they were basically, like, alien detectives and, you know, like, there were so many people, they got named, like, obscure names because people couldn't think of names to name them anymore. And so, like, there were aliens named, like, Harley Davidson and shit. Yeah. So, um, it, I mean. What if it's, like, an X-Files thing and they're already here and they're trying to figure it out? Well, I mean. Maybe that, Mulder is right. That, well, that was the next, that was the next point is that, you know, at some point you know, assuming that they've evolved 2 billion years beyond us. I mean, think of how much, how many, you know, leaps and bounds, like all these strides that we've had in the past hundred years. We're talking about a hundred years, which is like a second in time for like, you know, the age of our world. So when you assume that what can be accomplished in that time, what we've done, and then you, you extrapolate that and fucking, <laughs> you know, you know where that's from, right? Extrapolate. No? From you 40 year old, all the time. 40 year old virgin? Yeah. No? Whatever. Anyways, uh-huh. if you just think about that and like you quantify it into, okay, this happened in 100 years, take that into, you know, in, in, a, in, in 2 billion and divide that. Like that's huge. It's, those, those are massive fucking crazy jumps that probably are, I mean, that's beyond any thought. I mean, I wouldn't know what you can do with that amount of time considering what we've done in 100 years, what somebody can do with a billion or even 2 billion. That's fucking nuts. Um, yeah, so it would depend on their mental capacity. Right. So many unknowns, so you can't really figure it out. Yeah, so, you know, it's like, you know, some people think, okay, well, you know, if they were to evolve it to a certain point, it, you know, their their technology would almost be like, uh, you know, based in nature or be on a level of like, it would look like magic to us where, you know, maybe that is... I mean, if you really start to think about, like, you know, some of what people are talking about with, like, oh, well, if this happened, you know, or if their their technology, um, you know, kind of grew to that certain point where it might look like this or it might look like that, and, you know, how would they be with us one way or another? It does bring up the question as to whether or not, you know, Mulder was right from the X-Files. Okay, what if they're already here? Like, what if they've already been here? Like, what if things that were seen as gods were aliens from other planets what if, you know, they basically are living among us, are able to, 
look like us, you know, be like us, and, you know, there's no way for us to really know one way or another what's going on. You know, what if a long time ago, when you read things like what happened in the Bible or, you know, things that, you know, people said they saw, um, you know, in, in more primitive times, you know, with the Puritans or, you know, talking about like, you know, the days of the Indians or even before that, medieval times when people are, you know, saying that they saw what they thought were vampires that had these powers or werewolves or um, shit, you know, people that were um, magic casters or doing all these things. What if all that really happened? And all of that were basically like aliens, you know, on our planet, you know, kind of like gods, you know, just with extreme amounts of technology. And they were basically seen as these monsters or whatever. I'm kind of getting a little off topic, but I mean, that it makes you think about that kind of thing. You know, when you consider that if they were to advance beyond, you know, a level that we just can't understand because it's, you know, two billion years. Well, I mean, I guess anything's possible. But, I mean, I guess the thing that, you know, that's asked is like, I mean, what would you, I mean, what, what would you think? Like, I mean, do you think that it would be worth trying to contact them to see, you know, if they're able to, you know, communicate with us and, you know, see if like we're able to develop ourselves to go out into the stars or whether or not we would be seen as, you know, a race that's basically like unworthy of that and that they might have a, I guess, a similarity in terms of like humans Whereas, like, I mean, how many different genocides have there been over our lifetime? You know, uh, you're talking about, like, the elimination of certain types of people because of different beliefs or, you know, whatever the case may be. You know, different wars for different reasons. When you consider that and you and you wonder whether or not aliens have that same kind of prejudice... Possibly, but if they wanted to come do it, I don't see why talking to them would make them want to do it more. I mean, what if they've already? What if they already know we're here, and like they just choose not to contact us because, like again, referencing Star Trek, you know, some races were so primitive that they were basically like no contact planets, like you weren't supposed to contact them because they hadn't developed enough yet. Like, what if it's almost like that with, you know, the alien beings that we're not worthy of contact yet? But then it'd be like the Borg and kind of assimilate everybody. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I mean, it really made me think. And, um, and then, you know, so it's, I'm thinking about, you know, like, you know, there's Star Trek references there. There's, um, uh... And with that, there was a movie that we wanted to see recently that's actually still out in theaters. Um, it's actually in the equivalent of our dollar theater. It's not even at, like, one of the major cinemas anymore. Um, so it's at, like, a secondary discount theater here in our town, and it's called Arrival. And basically, that movie is essentially exactly what this article is this article that we're talking about it's a fucking movie based on this article i mean not literally but what i mean is that that movie is asking that question what would we do if basically 
an alien race made contact with us. In this case, the movie, it's one of those things where, I guess, contact is difficult. Obviously, we don't speak their language. <laughs> so they're, you know, trying to communicate. But, you know, us being fearful of the unknown, what if they're not trying to communicate? What if they are trying to harm us? Should we be preemptive? Should we just strike them? Should we, you know, so it's almost like the world's on a brink of war because they don't know what the intentions of the alien race is that's that's already present. And so that's basically the premise of the movie is this person that's a super talented, like, linguist of sorts is in a race against time to figure out what it what it is these alien beings want before, you know, trying to figure that out before we do something stupid like start a war. Seems to me, though, if they'd been watching, they would figure out how to... Basically destroy speak. our ass. Like, um, what was that movie that we saw um, with uh, Chloe Grace Moritz? Is that how you say your name? The Fifth Wave. The Fifth Wave, where basically they already knew our, they already knew our number. They did one wave of shit, they did another wave of shit, and they did another wave of shit. And by the time everything was done, like, more or less, we were basically fucking wiped out. And then that's when they came down to basically take over i mean it could be something Which similar to that case is very interesting and probably much more likely than any kind of big independence day spaceship kind of deal right I, yeah i don't i don't really see aliens being like super conventional with like lasers and fucking like a bunch of ships and stuff i mean like ender's game where they basically like show up with like a thousand ten thousand ships and a fucking swarm and just do that yeah. I see it being like I don't know much more swift, but that's just me being a skeptic. I'd like to I like for it to be conventional, have a chance to like actually fight, as opposed <laughs> to just being somebody like ah, plat, you know, and then no more. Like an ant. Yeah, getting stepping on you. Exactly. I don't know. It just made me think of that. I mean, it just kind of made me think about all that shit in general, and you know, what ifs, and then you know, and I'm like, oh wait, well, there's this movie out. Like, you know, we haven't seen it yet, and we do definitely want to see it we'll probably end up seeing it this weekend we've definitely been putting it off for too long and this article kind of like spurred my interest and like you know what we should actually just go so uh that movie was a uh, arrival who was in that um that movie had a uh... jeremy renner was in it yeah I and can't... i can't think of her name is it is it amy is it amy amy adams yeah amy adams jeremy renner forrest whitaker um Ooh, super serious with Forrest Whitaker. I know, fucking Forrest Whitaker. That dude makes every movie good. So, I liked him in Street Kings. Kind of off topic, but Street Kings is a shit. That was a good movie. So, um, I like Keanu Reeves. I've already mentioned this before. So, like every time. <laughs> John Wick too. Fucking, if I could fucking meet any fucking person like in Hollywood, it'd definitely be Keanu Reeves. I don't care. Um. So there's that, and moving on. Um, you know, we're on, we're on movies. Um, we actually saw the, uh, a preview for a movie called Patriot's Day, which I think the title's a little bit unfortunate. I think they probably could have made the title something a bit better. It, I don't want to sound un-American or anything. It just sounds kind of cheesy. And it makes it sound like a 4th of July movie. Yeah, exactly. I thought it was coming out like in July, but it's coming out January 13th. Um, it stars, uh, Mark Wahlberg, um, among others, but, um... Nobody important. Just Mark Wahlberg. (laughs) 
Mark Wahlberg and friends, <laughs> you know. So uh, we saw this, uh, we saw this uh, movie preview and or trailer, movie preview. That doesn't sound good. Trailer. We saw the trailer. Preview sounds like you've seen it. Seen it. Yeah, we definitely didn't. It was a fucking trailer. So, with that being said, um, this movie is a movie based, I think, probably loosely on the uh, Boston bombing. And, um, you know, from what you can see in the movie is that Mark Wahlberg's like uh, some sort of beat cop, you know, working around the area of the Boston Marathon at the time of the terrorist attack when a lot of people were killed, maimed, and injured. And, um, you know, essentially this movie is showing... Everything that law enforcement did, Homeland Security did, I mean, you name it, all the processes that were done in uh, basically trying to apprehend the suspects. And so um, it looks like a super serious drama. I mean, obviously, it's about the Boston bombing terrorist attack. So Yeah, there's no comedy. Yeah, there. no comedy. I mean, maybe Mark Wahlberg says some funny shit in it, and you're like, ha ha. You know, but then everybody looks at that guy that's laughing in the Boston bombing movie, and they're like... It could be like his character in The Departed, where he's super serious all the time, but he still always had, like, those sarcastic comments where you're just, like, laughing. When he was Sergeant Dignam? Yeah. Yeah, and he was a dick, but it was funny dick. Love you that know? movie. So, um, I don't know. I mean, Mark Wahlberg's got a pretty good track record for making pretty decent films in general. I mean, don't... I mean, don't take everything I say literally. I mean, if you were to go back to his earlier days of film and you were to be like, well, what about a big hit? I'm going to be like, well, that was when the motherfucker was still Marky Mark. <laughs> and, you know, it's like way back in the day. But arguably, even big hit was, you know, a little bit funny. You know, I mean, fuck, his name was Melvin Smiley in the movie. <laughs> That's a horrible name. It's a, it is a horrible name. And the bad guy in that movie was Lou Diamond Phillips. Who was his homeboy. Well, that's nice. Yeah. It's, it's a pretty good movie. I mean, but that being said, I mean, I kind of like Mark Wahlberg, too. He's so a good actor. I'm a, I'm a, I have a little bit of bias there. But, I mean, even his earlier shit, in some way, shape, or form, like, if you didn't go into it, like, as a douche, like, oh, I hate Mark Wahlberg. Oh, I hope this movie's not terrible. And you watch it, and you're like, oh, I knew this movie was going to be terrible. Well, then it's not going to be that great. But if you just kind of go in there and be like, you know, let's see what happens. It's okay. It's pretty good. So... <laughs> Um, I don't know. I mean, I, this movie seems like it's pretty promising. Like I said, title, not that great. Could have no. done something different with the title. Freedom. Well, you know what movie was really good that they ended up renaming and they blamed it on they thought that it didn't do well because of the title. It was um, The Edge of Tomorrow with Tom Cruise. Movie. Now, The Edge of Tomorrow was fucking awesome. I mm. love that movie. The name they changed it to was stupid. The name they changed it to because they thought that there was some issue with the name that was maybe not reflecting well what the movie was about. That was affecting the box office. While it's still released, they named it uh, Live, Die, Repeat. The Edge of Tomorrow. And you're just kind of like... You, look, you just muddied that shit up. Like, uh, you know, it's like just... I don't know. I Personally, I just think they didn't advertise the movie very well, but the movie was fucking awesome. And so, I mean, they're not going to do that with this movie. I'm kind of just going off on another tangent, but um, 
in general, I think we'll probably end up seeing this. Um, maybe at uh, the um, matinee price, just to be on the safe side. <laughs> well, fuck, man. I don't know. Like, you know, you, you pay full price and the movie's not that great and you're all pissed. I mean, I would be. I mean, like, God damn it, Mark Wahlberg, you let me down. So Didn't this... he just do another movie, though? And it was supposed to be good, and now it's on DVD or whatever. It's like the oil... The oil rig movie? The, yeah. That movie, I can't remember even what it's called. Deep... Deep Water Horizon. Deep Water Horizon. Yes. Or, yeah. Yeah. That so, was supposed to be good, but we didn't see that. Well, it got good reviews. It looked good. Um, I think the thing was, though, is that, like, I think we're more kind of action-y. I mean, okay... The movie was probably good. It got good reviews. I'm sure it was fantastic, and I would love to see it. But, like, from a standpoint of, like, wanting to be entertained and, like, going to the movie for, like, something, like, fun and cool, um, that, like, kind of wasn't it. Like, it was kind of like when we went and saw, um, what was that movie? Um, uh, There Will Be Blood. Now, everybody's all, oh, you didn't like There Will Be Blood? There Will Be Blood was the shit. Like, that movie was so good. And I'm like, okay, I'm not saying it wasn't good. The movie was good, but you know what? I would have been happy if I'd rented the movie and watched it, and I'd have been like, damn, that movie was good. But the movie was super fucking long. I hated the musical soundtrack to it, and generally I felt like the movie could be slow at times. Therefore, I wasn't that entertained, and I didn't feel it was worthy of the full amount of money I paid to see it in the theaters. With that said, Daniel Day-Lewis did a good job. But I was just kind of like, with that movie. Kind of like the movie about like the miners and shit. It was probably a good good drama. Right? But I don't want to see a movie about fucking miners buried alive and shit. Like, but we did see the airplane movie. Which is in a similar well, vein. Okay. No. It's in. Okay. Yes. It is in a similar vein. But Sully had an uplifting story where he's like a hero and shit. And then you find out that they basically shit all over him. And then. You know. So that's a little bit different. There's some. There's some uplifting shit at the end. It's dramatic, but there's some uplifting shit at the end. Whereas, like, there will be blood. Just generally, a lot of bad shit's going on. And then it doesn't get any better at the end. Then, the same with, like, the miners and shit. It's like, okay, some of them survived, but a fuckload of people died. Yeah. You know, not to... I'm not, like, uh, detached from reality. Like, I'm fully aware of all the shit that's happened. But, like, you go to the movies to kind of, like, escape that... (laughs) So, like, you know, why would I want to go see a movie where it's, oh, I mean, in this, okay, so this, a bunch of people got killed, maimed, injured, but it's telling the story of how they got these motherfuckers, right? I mean, I know the whole story. I mean, not, I know, I know where they were captured and all that kind of stuff and everything they had to do generally to get the job done. Basically, um... I mean, just, I mean, just sort of martial law, shutting down the whole fucking city, you know, in order to find these guys, but they did. And so, um, that, that interests me, you know, so again, I think it's cool. You should go see it. If you don't like Mark Wahlberg, go see it anyways. Give the dude a chance. He's good. Indeed. So, uh, next on the movie agenda... Not necessarily a movie that's going to be created or is even in the works, but um, this story is um, something I found on MTV.com. Just funny because like you go to MTV and like you never see anything about music videos anymore. Lol. Hardly anyone makes those anymore. <laughs> they should. 
It's all on fucking Vivo YouTube. Yeah. Um. So, uh, basically, this story is talking about Ryan Reynolds and the fact that he's trying to change Hugh Jackman's mind on his um, walking away from the role of Wolverine. And, uh, I mean, for anybody who doesn't know, um, Hugh Jackman has basically said that Logan, um, which is a movie that's coming out March 3rd, is going to be his last reprisal as Logan, a.k.a. Wolverine. So... But he's always saying that. I mean, he said that the last time. I don't think he'd plan on doing the Logan movie, but they showed him the money, and he fucking showed up. So... With that said, I mean, maybe he just wants to get paid more, and this is a hint, like, hey, motherfuckers, pay me more money. Um, if that's the case, I mean, pay the motherfucker more money. He's a good actor. He's a perfect fucking Wolverine. Can, I can't think of a... Per- I cannot think of a person more perfect than fucking Wolverine than him. Like, he is, like, the split... It's the splitting image of the fucking Wolverine that I remember reading about in the comics. I mean, the equivalent of the Ryan Reynolds of fucking... Ryan Reynolds of Deadpool. And, um, you know, so basically in this story, Ryan Reynolds is trying to get Hugh Jackman to stay on board, um, for, uh, another movie. Uh, Ryan Reynolds basically wants to do a movie with Deadpool and Wolverine. And, um, to make that happen, obviously Hugh Jackman's gotta, gotta put on the fucking suit again. He's gotta want to do it. And, uh, I mean, obviously another R-rated movie of... Deadpool that also includes Wolverine, uh, dope as fuck. Like I can't think of a fucking like better co-star, you know, than than uh than Wolverine of like any of the X Men, uh, or any of the people in the X Men universe. That would be, oh my god. That would be a good movie. I mean, they yeah. Make their money back. Shit, yes, they would. I mean, think of how good Deadpool did, and uh, I mean, you consider that. I think in general. Uh, Wolverine is probably the most liked character of all characters in X-Men. Um, yeah. You know, and the fact that uh, Hugh Jackman does a good job in the role, I think he's probably had some, I mean, he has had some stinkers as far as, like, the role he plays is good, but the storyline surrounding him, not so much. And uh, so I think that uh, with Ryan Reynolds stepping in, basically saying, hey, look, jump up in this franchise... This is going to be tight. He needs to listen to Ryan Reynolds and go with it. I mean, even if he's not getting paid more up front, I mean, fucking negotiate with the goddamn movie people and be like, hey, I need a percentage on the back end, you know, for whatever whatever money gets made. Could be surprised. End up making the fuckload more that way. Yeah. If, uh, if he does that like some smart guys have done. Like Keanu Reeves when he took money on the back end for Matrix. Ended up donating a ton of money away because he's an awesome dude. Okay, back on uh, Ryan Reynolds and uh, Hugh Jackman. So, um, you know, with that said, I read this and I really hope that Ryan Reynolds is uh, super convincing to uh, old Hugh. You can just give him a kiss like you did to Andrew Garfield last night. <laughs> I read it. What happened with that? I read that and I was kind of like, what? That, is that like a joke or is that... Yeah, because they lost to the other Ryan... For whatever category that was. What? What? For what? I, I don't know. Whatever category that was. The Golden Globes. Oh. I don't know. I don't yeah. know the whole story, but that's just like, what? He kissed some dude. I've seen it enough. It's like, geez, get over it. We're talking about that. We're talking about Meryl Streep and her stupid speech. And uh-huh. then, what else was there? Oh, I guess Jimmy Fallon lost his prompter use at one time, so he had to wing it. His 
prompter? Yeah, the teleprompter. What about it? He lost it. The whole prompter? Like, he lost the fucking thing? No, like, the communication with it stopped. So we like, oh! Oh, so, like, he didn't have, like, a button. It was, like, rolling the fucking prompter to, like... It broke. (laughs) His prompter broke. So he had to actually think of stuff to say. You know, I remember a day when entertainers actually just kind of had to, like, knew what they were going to do and just, like, generally be entertaining and, like, you know, couldn't, you know, use fucking teleprompters as, like, a crutch or, like, any sort of fucking cues as a crutch to, like, rescue them from, like, you know, their, what they're supposed to be doing. Like, what is it with, like, today's, like, talent, fucking air quotations that, like, you know, people just can't go out and just do their thing to a certain extent. I know that this, I know that these shows are, like, very meticulous and they really want you to stay on this topic and they want you to do this or that, but dude hadn't have like a general idea of what it was he was fucking doing without having to just like show up and like be like, Oh, well it's all on the fucking screen. I don't have to do anything other than show up and read. You know I mean? You should know at a minimum, like to an extent, like what it is you're doing. Now I can understand if there was confusion because like he's got to read names obviously of like competitors and then obviously the winner and if that's on the teleprompter, then, uh, yeah, that's kind of hard because he might not know either. But aside from that, like, have the cards, though. for shame. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's just me venting. I think that's so stupid. I mean, it's like the president. I know, like, presidents have been, you know, doing teleprompters and all that stuff for a long time. But, you know, a lot of people... Well, they don't write their speeches, so they don't... Well, they don't, yeah, they don't write their speeches either. But, you know, sometimes they gotta, like, basically get up and fucking give a speech. You know, does it all have to be like pre-written and fucking, it's like so fake. I don't know. Fake society. Arg. Um, but yeah, I hope Ryan Reynolds, uh, you know, convinces Hugh Jackman to, uh, segues <laughs> to, uh, you know, to, to be Wolverine because that would be. You don't have a show for a while. Yeah. That'd be super dope. That'd be super, <laughs> super dope. Like seriously, like I'd pay twice to see that movie. Well, it better be good the first time, or I'm not going to go see it the second time. But if it's good the first like time... what? Twice? Once for seeing it in the theater, and then once for a rental? Well, fuck. Remember when, Gal- um, remember when Guardians of the Galaxy came out? We saw a lot of shit in the movies like three times. Yeah, it was a lot. You know, um, when... Uh, God damn it. When the, the last Star Wars came out, saw that shit like two or three times. I mean, if a movie's good, I'll see it over and over again. I mean, it is, it's got to be justifiable. So, there's that. Yeah. And uh, so our last topic is um, basically on the Elysium project and the fact that uh, they actually made good on their promise to um, transfer people's old um, accounts over from Nostalrius and uh, people were able to get uh, tokens issued. So that they could move any of their old characters over to the uh, defunct server onto a new server um, that's based, I don't know, somewhere out of the country. Um, it's a secret. Super secret. Um, but but basically so that uh, you can continue playing old Vanilla WoW. And um, so right now, uh, well, and at the time when they released this shit like just before Christmas um it was a cluster fuck because there were so many people trying to log in at once the servers kept going down I mean it was the equivalent of like DDoS attacks because so many people were trying to log in uh and uh 
so the servers were kind of up and down and you were lucky if you can get in and then when you could get in you couldn't fucking do anything because there were so many people all in the, start, the same starting areas fighting over mobs you know not grouping up to get like you know uh, any quest experience sharing or um, any credit for you know the kills you needed to progress in quests that it was super fucking I mean it was it was damn near impossible it was annoying so um, yeah, I didn't play for the first couple of days. I basically logged in, created a bunch of my names that I wanted, and then came back in a, a couple days later. And then when I did that, it was still kind of a pain. It had kind of alleviated itself a little bit um, because you were able to progress somewhat on the uh, starting areas. The problem was, though, is that there were so many people. To, there were uh, there were a ton of. Uh, I mean, even even once it kind of alleviated itself and people leveled out, there were still more people creating accounts after the fact. So like, it was still fairly busy. It's it's kind of um, of people that just like to level multiple characters at one time. Yeah, that happens. So um, there's now there's. Uh, I mean, it's a lot better now. I mean, if you wanted to create an account, you know, you're pretty much able to uh, progress without any sort of issues. Um, the server for the most part, I mean, hasn't been the most stable. Um, you know, it, it, I've seen it just shut down for like no reason, but it ends up coming back up in like 30 seconds to a minute. Um, you know, uh, I, I think, uh, it was around Christmas. I think they'd, uh, or no, it was New Year's, New Year's Eve. Um, basically DDoS attack on all the servers was, uh. You know, Scrooge is trying to keep the server down so that people couldn't fucking play. So that was uh, super annoying. Um, pretty much after New Year's, though, it stopped. So there was that. But uh, the the transfers were for the Nostalrius PvP and Nostalrius PvE servers. Um, I mean, basically, the PvP server's more popular. Um, it's... I mean, from what I can see, it's averaging between like seven and ten thousand, typically, and the server's pretty much balanced. I think it's like fifty-one percent, forty-nine, fifty-one percent horde, forty-nine percent alliance. I mean, it's pretty much dead even. Uh, the Nostalrius PVE server um, is like sixty percent alliance, about forty percent horde generally, um, and it typically is only getting about like six to seven thousand people online. Um, you know, really, uh, at this point, it's not really uh you're not really in a queue and if you are in a queue it's not very long anymore like it was in the earlier um release a couple of weeks ago because there were times where you'd have to wait like 40 minutes to get in um that is lame yeah but now not so much uh they just launched a elysium pvp fresh server on uh the 7th and um I think right now it's down. I tried to log in a little while ago. It's down. It's kind of been up and down um, since its release on the 7th. Still some growing pains. The thing is, is that there's so much popularity. There's so much demand for these uh, for these servers, uh, these legacy servers that, um, and I mean, I guess it's kind of overwhelming for the team that's, you know, running this project, that there's a rumor that they may even open up a fourth and maybe even a fifth server in order to kind of spread out the amount of people 
that are trying to play on these other servers. So, I mean, whether or not we'll see that, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I guess you can always go to the ElysiumProject.org and check it out. Um, so, there's that. Um, I mean, in general, um, there were a couple of things that I've forgotten about with Vanilla. I mean, I, I do still like Vanilla, and I, I enjoy playing Vanilla, but... Um, you know, there were just a, a bunch of little things that I'd, uh, that I'd kind of forgotten about. Like, um, cause in vanilla, I played a druid, a feral druid, and I played a holy paladin. Um, this time around I was, I was thinking to myself like, oh yeah, I'm going to level one of those characters cause I already know how to play them. I want to get back into raiding, you know, I want to do all the old raids and stuff. And, uh, then I thought to myself like, you know what, I'm having a second chance at, uh, you know, playing this legacy server. Why am I going to play the same thing? Like, why not play something different and experience something new? So, uh, yes, I rolled a hunt hard. And uh, I enjoy playing the hunter. I hadn't really played a hunter in vanilla at all. And uh, I didn't realize that early on when you capture those fuckers, you have to feed them like crazy. Um, I was like, God damn it. Like, why am I having to fucking feed this thing like every, you know every minute, like, after every pull, like, it'd be happy, and then sad, happy, then sad, you know, I, I'd forgotten that there was, like, a structure where they were basically, like, uh, rebellious, and then you feed them more, and then they, they're unruly, and then there, there's another rank, I forget what it is, but basically, there's, like, six, yeah, there's, like, six stages, eventually, they're, like, content, and then after content, they're, like, uh, loyal, and then after loyal, it's like best friend, or something. So you gotta, you gotta stick with them, keep them happy, keep them fed, and all those things. And then once you, like a real pet, yeah, like a real fucking pet. If you don't feed him and he stays unhappy for a long time, guess what? That pet will fucking abandon you, just like another, just like any other pet would. So um, it is kind of funny. And the other thing is too is, um, you know, as far as uh, you know, basically stowing your pets, the. Uh, the place where you stow your pets, you can only stow two. So, like, you only have the one pet. You have to go back to the place to swap out your pet. You know, obviously, it's not like retail where they made it easy for you to, like, be able to have, like, five pets at your disposal and fucking summon them whenever you want and then, like, be able to store 20 pets somewhere else. Hmm. It's not like that. Um, you have to... You, know, you can store two pets and you can bring another one. And the thing is, too, is you can kind of out-level them. So, like, when you're leveling... If you prefer a bear because it's good at tanking or a tortoise, um, you know, something like that, or even a boar, uh, which are good tanking pets, if you stay with that tanking pet for a while and you kind of back burner your cat, which are, is your, you know, either a cat or like a raptor for your DPS class, you put those shits away for, you know, not too long. Well, guess what? Your pet's fucking level 27 at the you know, in, in the stow area, and you're fucking 32. Well, now it's like, okay, do you pull out the low-level pet and keep questing with it, and, you know, he'll catch up and level because the XP bars aren't as big? Or do you just drop your pet and try to find a, like, you know, a similar-level cat, you know, to kind of, and basically start the whole process over so that you don't have to, you know, fucking level your cat up? You know, because now in retail... If you capture a fucking, like, level 27 and you're a 32, it just makes him a 32. You know, so there's none of that stuff. And uh, I kind of like that it's like that. You know, and, and, 
you know, how you can't, like, swap your specs back and forth. Because dual spec was a fucking pain. And I never really liked the concept of dual spec. I mean, obviously, it's cool because there's utility there. And so you can kind of be like, oh, well, I don't know what I want to be. And so you really don't have to decide because they allow you to do it in retail. But, like, you really had to know what you wanted to do in vanilla. And, like, what spec you wanted to play and what you wanted to dedicate yourself to. And I like that because when you go into a raid and, like, all that loot's dropping... Do you really want, like, somebody that's like, oh, uh, you know, that just decided to play a tank yeah. for one run, and you're a fucking dedicated tank, and they get the fucking loot and you don't? Well, you know, that way, you know, it's it's expensive. I mean, that could happen still, but it's expensive to switch from one spec to another. It costs gold, and it gets more expensive as you, sw- as you switch. And so those are, you know, things that I was... Uh, happy to see you know obviously like unique things you know that made certain classes different you know and all this whitewashing what you see in retail where like every character can beat every character and all the characters do the same dps generally speaking you know it's like in vanilla one class could like kick the shit out of another class and then this other class could fuck this other class up like there was an anti-class like there was kind of like a There was that one class that you just didn't want to fuck with. Like, you know, because... Like rogues. Yeah, it's like, you know, nobody generally liked rogues, but like a rogue probably wouldn't attempt to kill like a prot warrior. Because they're just fucking hard to kill. Because they were like super... They were super hard to kill, especially if you had a geared one. Whereas like now, like you could get a rogue that'll like, you know, just willy-nilly attack a fucking warrior, you know, in retail and might win. You know, but like in vanilla, like, eh... He might not attack a warrior, because that was going to be a pain, you know, or attacking, like, you know, any sort of tank, for that matter. Yeah. But, um, you know, a, a good anti-tank would be a mage, or a lock, you know, or, or somebody like that that, you know, that had those powerful spells and shit. And so that's kind of what I liked about it. There was, there was a natural imbalance to it that made the game unique, you were you ha- you needed all these different classes even if they weren't necessarily the best at any one thing they had a utility that made them important and uh so i'm just kind of you know happy to be experiencing that again i mean it's funny cuz like i've liked vanilla and you know a lot of people make fun of people that like vanilla like oh fucking hipsters and stuff but um Really, I mean, I still have retail. I just haven't really been playing it. I, I totally plan on kind of like swapping my time between both. But, you know, you kind of can't really do that if you want to fucking level in vanilla. Like, you pretty much have to just put the time in, get your character capped. And then, you know, from there, hope that you're in a good enough guild that has enough people to do raids and stuff like that. Otherwise, you're kind of going to be at an impasse. Um... But, um, the, the servers are up, um, Nostaria's PvP, which, that's already an established server from before, so there's already a lot of 60s and shit, there's already raiding going on, there's already, you know, a, a pretty stable economy there, and, you know, people that are leveling on it now, so that one's already established. 
Um, then you have Nostalrius PvE. Likewise, there's already 60s on there. There's already some old guilds that are on there. Some rating that's already going on with you know people that are making new accounts on the PvE server. This is probably going to be the only PvE server. I don't see them... Um, if there are any new servers that come out, they're probably not going to be PvE because a lot of the popularity is focused on the PvP aspect. Um, that's where all the numbers are. So I think until you know we're having a problem with population numbers on the PvE server, we're probably just going to have this one. Um, you know, and now with the the release of the Elysium PvP server that just came out on the seventh, that's kind of taken some weight off of the Nostarius PvP server. Difference being is that this one was completely fresh on the 7th and everybody started from zero. Um, so, I mean, I guess just stay tuned and check on ElysiumProject.org or um, follow them on Twitter um, to see whether or not they're going to have like any other, you know, launches of any other servers. PvP more than likely. Um, but uh, if you kind of have a bug up your ass and you one time played vanilla or want to experience again i would definitely check it out because i'm enjoying it immensely aside from the fact that you know occasionally it's going down and they're having authentication issues because there's just so many people trying to log in at once you can't really complain when it's fucking being provided for free so um that being said all you gotta do is create an account and log in um i mean amanda and i have leveled together a little bit um, I'm a little farther ahead than she is. Yeah, you ditched me. I didn't ditch. I didn't ditch. You did. No. Yes. No. Yes. Oh, keep up then, nub. So, um, I guess uh, that's pretty much our show. Episode um, 44? Yeah, 44. Episode 44 down for show 2017. Thanks for listening. Um,. I don't know. So you can listen to us or check us out, download us on SoundCloud, um, preferably iTunes, um, which is uh, um, at uh, Conversationalist. Uh, you can check us out on, like, again, on SoundCloud, on, which is um, listed as uh, That Conversationalist. You can check us out on Twitter at, at ThatConPodcast. Um, we have a Facebook, but I don't know. We really don't post anything on it unless we go to conventions and take photos. In which case, we post the photos on there. So, most of our shit's not there. But, if you want to look it up on Facebook, um, that's also, um, I believe, uh, that conversationalist as well. So, thank you for listening. I'm Jesse here with Amanda. Lighting shit on fire with her lighter. BB-8. Like, BB-8. <laughs> that's the best part of that movie. Yeah, it is. It was, like, the funniest part. It was the fucking droid. Made me love BB-8 With a lighter. I mean, everybody love BB-8 forever. No. You're basic. You're basic. And our basicness is signing off. Goodbye. Bye.